Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Small 
J.M. in the A.M. Wow. Talk about a power hour. I felt the pressure uh, following up Mark Zomik's Erev Shabbos show. I felt the pressure. I just had to, I don't know, kill it with an hour of great music. Uh, Micha Gammerman, Tzvilot Shabbat Medley, Moded, done by Mordechai Shapiro, Shlomo Katzen, Toda, Rise Up, and Harbei Nachat from Simcha Liner. Avremel's Chesed Shabbos, done by Abba Cohen, Abe Cohen, actually. Ruli Izrachis, Mayim Rabim, Akoya Ducha, Avram Rosamun with Diasperados. Hine Elokeinu, great song from Yaakov Shweki, and of course, Regesh. Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. Welcome to our Friday, and this final Friday of October 2021, day 23 in the month of Mar Cheshvan, the year 5782. Tufshin Peibes. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Chaye Sara, with best regards to our friends, relatives, acquaintances, everybody in the holy city of Hebron, where it may not be the way it was a couple of years ago, but it is Chaye Sarah after all. So you know it's going to be a special Shabbat in the holy city of Hebron, where it's approaching 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and no doubt, no matter how many or how few people are there, uh, no doubt uh, it feels like um, uh, the spirit is building and the uh, excitement is building as they get closer and closer to the actual start of Shabbat Chaye Sarah. Erev Shabbos with candle lighting time in New York, 5.35. 5.35 is candle lighting here. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Well, Ben Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Kislev is Friday. Rosh Chodesh Kislev is one week from today. Don't forget Tuesday is election day here in the United States. There'll be plenty of uh, important elections to vote in. Make sure to set aside some time. On Tuesday, 49 degrees, rain today and a high of 60 periods of rain tonight, low 56, showers tomorrow, a wet Shabbos in this area with a high of 64 degrees. Yerushalayim right now at 83, we're at 49 in New York City. As we say good morning at JM in the AM, thanks to everybody for tuning in, much appreciated. Don't forget, we've got a big Chidon Tanakh event coming up, and I hope everybody out there is uh, at least exploring the possibility of being there in the audience on the 7th of November at Aderet L. Go to our website, nachomsegel.com. The community calendar under November 7th has the information. And uh, it's it, not, not only is it a free event, and not only do you get to see an amazing competition, uh, adults participating in the Chidon Tanach in a, uh, an international Bible contest, but on top of that, uh, there's a beautiful festive dinner afterwards. It all starts at 4 p.m. on November 7th in New York City. So um, check it out. Check it out. Go online, nachomsegel.com slash community-calendar, and you will uh, see it there on the November the 7th. I'll also point out the Turo Open House. Turo College for Men has their open house. That's up there as well for November the 7th. You'll see that there. Lots going on in our community calendar. Check it out, and um, and you'll see the uh, uh, the different events that are going on that are featured there, and the uh, opportunities, if you click on the different icons on the right side there of the event, opportunities to follow up and register for the events, uh, those are right there as well. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and on the Nahum Segal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H, Abel's and Hyman, Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Deli is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954, and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. Also, our friends at Gaia Coffee are offering 15% off with promo code radio, G-A-I-A-Coffee.com, G-A-I-A-Coffee.com, Gaia Coffee, they're offering... 15% off on any order with promo code radio. You want a fresh brewed cup of coffee, really easy, really early in the morning, and really delicious? 
Gaia Coffee, G-A-I-A, coffee.com. Enjoy your 15% discount with promo code radio. Yeah, listen to these real news with your cup of Gaia Coffee. J.M. in the A.M. Galay Tal in the background. Galay Tal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday follows next. We say Boker Toe from J.M. in the A.M. ליצל השעה שתיים, שלום רב, באולפן גל אשד עם מה שקורה עכשיו. העיתון הפלסטיני אל-קודס מאשר את הפרסום בגלי צה"ל בשבוע שעבר ומדווח מפי מקורותיו כי המנגנון להעברת המענק הקטרי לפקידי חמאס ברצועת עזה כמעט הושלם במלואו. על פי הדיווח הסכימו הצדדים להצעת ישראל ולפיה לרצועה יוכנסו ממצרים סחורות ודלק בשווי של עשרה מיליון דולר, חמאס ימכור אותו וההכנסות ישמשו לתשלום משכורת עובדיו. כתבנו לענייני צבא וביטחון דורון קדוש שפרסם את הסיפור מוסר כי בדיווח צוין השליח הקטרי מוחמד אל-עמאדי שביקר ברצועה בימים האחרונים כגורם חשוב במציאת הפתרון ונמסר כי גם האו"ם תומך במנגנון המוצע. לראשונה, דיון צוות המומחים של משרד הבריאות על חיסוני ילדים ישודר לציבור. כתבנו שי פרידמן מוסר כי הדיון יתקיים ביום חמישי הבא, ולציבור תהיה אפשרות להירשם מראש, להציג שאלות ולהביע עמדה. עם זה, המלצת הוועדה לא תתקבל בדיון זה, אלא בדיון סגור של מומחי המשרד. שר הבריאות ניצן הורוביץ אמר במסיבת עיתונאים בגרמניה כי בזכות מנת הדחף ניצלו חיים של רבים בישראל, ואם ההחלטה הייתה מתעכבת זה היה עולה בחיים של הרבה מאוד אנשים. ראש הממשלה נפתלי בנט אומר כי הפרסומים מפיו ומפי שותפתו לימינה, איילת שקד, על כך שהרוטציה לא תתקיים הם רגע רועש במיוחד ובעיתוי צפוי, אבל בכל קואליציה יש רעשים. הוא ביקש מהנוכחים להתרומם מעל המפלג, לא לריב ליד צד שלישי או התקשורת, ולשקף את הדברים הטובים. מחוץ למקום האירוע הפגינו כמה מפגיני ימין, ובין השאר נשמעו קריאות בוגד כלפי חברי ימינה. מהאירוע נעדרים גם חברי כנסת מסיעת רע"מ, השרים סער והורוביץ, וחברי הכנסת מוסי רז ואבתיסאם מראענה. בהכנת הידיעה השתתפו כתבינו יובל שגב, יניר קוזין ומוריה אסרה פולברג. פרשה נוספת של עבירות מין חמורות בילדה. פרקליטות מחוז חיפה הגישה לבית המשפט המחוזי בעיר כתב אישום נגד דניס קסקוביץ', בן 29 מנהריה, בגין תקיפה מינית קשה בילדה בת תשע. על פי כתב האישום, קסקוביץ' עקב אחרי הילדה לאחר צאתה מבית הספר ביישוב בצפון, ועם כניסתה לבניין מגוריה אחז בה בכוח וביצע בה עבירות מין חמורות. הילדה צעקה והנאשם חנק אותה כדי למנוע ממנה להזעיק עזרה. לאחר שסיים, איים עליה לבל תספר לאף אחד על המעשה. כתבנו אדר גיציס מוסר כי הפרקליטות ביקשה לעצור אותו עד תום ההליכים. היחידה המרכזית של המשטרה בתל אביב עצרה שלושה גברים החשודים כי היו חברי כנופיה אלימה שסחטה באלימות קשה בעלי עסקים בחולון ובבת ים, תוך שימוש בהצתות, השלכת רימונים ועוד. השלושה נעצרו בתום חקירה ממושכת ולאחר מרדף, לאחר שהציתו דלת בבניין שבו הסתתרו, ניגחו ברכבם את ניידות המשטרה ופגעו במכוניות נוספות. כתבנו בן נצר מוסר כי ארבעה שוטרים נפגעו קל משאיפת עשן בעת שפינו את דיירי הבניין. בירושלים התקרב לסיומו המרתון שיצא לדרך הבוקר מגן סאקר בבירה. כתבתנו עשאל פלד מוסרת כי אחד ממשתתפיו, גבר כבן 40, התמוטט במהלך הריצה בשל מכת חום, וצוות של מגן דוד אדום פינה אותו במצב קשה לבית החולים שערי צדק בעיר. 
עוד שמונה משתתפים חשו ברע במהלך המרוץ. מצבם של שניים מהם מוגדר בינוני והיתר קל. מזג האוויר, הטמפרטורות תהיינה גבוהות מהרגיל לעונה. אלה החדשות שערך דני זקן.
JM in the AM. Elon Gold, who is the um, one of the stars of Curb Your Enthusiasm for this season, is going to be the star on the night of the 21st of November when he performs for the Atid Society, uh, chaired by uh, Batsheva and Murray Halpern, uh, for the Kushner Schools in Livingston, New Jersey. We will speak with Elon Gold about eight minutes from now in that area. We're going to actually speak to him about uh, the event and uh, in general about comedy these days, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe we'll even get him to do his uh, famous Jackie Mason imitation. So Elon Gold is coming up. Then Malcolm Holmline, of course, weekly update. Uh, there'll be no weekly update next week, by the way. I am scheduled to be away next Friday, so um, there'll be no weekly update next week here at JMN, but we'll return hopefully in two weeks. But today we'll do our weekly update coming up with Malcolm Holmline, Harry Rothenberg in a minute with the words about Parshas Chaye Sarah. By the way, the article I just read about Chaye Sarah, they are expecting tens of thousands of people, Baruch Hashem, uh, in Hebron today. So, and, and obviously tomorrow. So that's uh, that's amazing news, frankly. That's incredible news. And uh, I don't know if it'll be back to 2019 level, but it sounds like they're making an effort to get it to the 2019 level because of the uh, terrible loss we had last year that there was no Shabbat Chayesara celebration in Hebron. So that is great news, Baruch Hashem. Uh, Rabbi Yudin later on, of course. Oh, and we'll see if we can get listener Daniel and Yoni Pollock on the phone at the same time in the 8 o'clock hour. Um, I think they've got to, you know, they've, they've got to talk a little bit about the World Series because uh, Houston versus Atlanta. See if we can get them to uh, put a little wager on. Maybe the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting will be the beneficiary. <laughs> we'll see if that works out. Um, <laughs> feel free to comment on the app. You can go to the NSN Alchem Single Network app for Android and iPhone and um, <laughs> and comment away. There you go. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, JM in the AM, Harry Rothenberg has some inspiring words about Parshas Chaye Sarah. Here he is at JM in the AM. There's a beautiful scene hidden in this week's Torah portion. At the same time that Avraham, through the efforts of his faithful servant Eliezer, is looking for a wife for his son Yitzchak, Yitzchak is simultaneously looking for a wife for his father Avraham. The commentators explain that Yitzchak went to get Hagar, Avraham's second wife, whom Avraham's first wife, Sarah, had banished from the household years before, to bring her back to remarry Avraham. So when we're told in this week's Parsha that Avraham married a wife, a new wife, Keturah, it's actually not a new wife, it's Hagar. Keturah is just a nickname. Why did Yitzchak go specifically to bring Hagar back so that Avraham could remarry her? One commentator explains that Yitzchak was worried that Hagar might still be holding a grudge against his mother, Sarah, for having banished her from the household. But wait, Sarah had already died at this point. And further, God himself had said that Sarah was right. He had told Avraham, listen to your wife, who's telling you to banish Hagar. And so we see from here that even if someone's no longer with us, they're up in the next world, and even if God himself had said that what they had done was right, if they hurt someone's feelings, and there's a way to figure out how to make amends, that should still be done. I want to share with you a more recent story on this topic. I spent the last week teaching classes on an incredible trip to Israel, a momentum men's trip, with 80 fellow Jewish fathers. Each guy on the trip comes with a number of other people from a specific city, along with a rabbi or 
city leader from that city. And on the last evening while we were there, this past Saturday night, each guy got up to talk about how meaningful the trip was. And one fellow got up and told this story. He said that at the Kotel Friday night, after we had finished praying, he went over to one of the other people on the trip from his city and said, can I talk to you for a minute? He said, sure. And he told them the following. He said, seven and a half years ago, I went through an incredibly bitter, hotly contested divorce. It was in litigation and it was very, very difficult for me. And you don't realize this, but you were my wife's lawyer and you were one tough son of a gun and you made my life miserable. When I first heard that you were gonna be on the trip, I couldn't believe it. I finally get a chance to go to Israel and I'm gonna be on a trip with my wife's divorce lawyer. But now after having spent the better part of a week with you, I want you to know that I've thought about it a lot and all is forgiven. I understand you were doing your job and I completely forgive you. And then the lawyer got up and he said, I appreciate the compliment regarding my professional ability. And yes, I was just doing my job, but to the extent that I caused pain and distress to my friend here, I want to publicly apologize to him. And I was sitting there listening to each guy speak, saying to myself, if it was one of us, a mere mortal, and we had known the connection between these two guys in a million years, unless we were some kind of ax murderer or psychopath, would we ever put these two guys together for a week on the same trip? Of course not. Whoever put the guys together deciding who's gonna go on which trip did not know this connection between the two of them, I can assure you, but God did. And so, as he always does, always up there, planning and strategizing and microscopically making sure that everything that's supposed to happen does happen, even though we would never plan it that way, he made sure these two guys were on the same trip so that one could forgive and the other could apologize.
The Rabbi's Sons with Shabbos Kodesh. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, JM in the AM. And many of you are already aware that our friends at the uh, Kushner Schools in Livingston, New Jersey, and their Atid Society, which is, of course, led by our dear friends Batsheva and Murray Halpern. They chair the Atid Society. Uh, they've got a big night planned for Sunday, November the 21st. Sunday, November the 21st, at Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy and Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School, and their Atid Society presents, from the upcoming season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, the great comedian and actor, Elon Gold. It's happening Sunday, November 21st, starting at 7.30, this virtual event registration. Uh, if you go to the NahumSiegel.com website, our community calendar has the information. For additional information beyond um, uh, the link or the Kushner website, which is jkha.org slash atid, you could speak to 
Sarah Levinson and reach her at slevinson at jkha.org. And it is a pleasure to have with us live via telephone the one and only Elon Gold, who's uh, no doubt raring to go for the November 21st event for our friends at Kushner. Elon, a pleasure to welcome you to JM. By the way, Nachum, as much as I love you, this Friday morning radio thing, it's the worst time for a race. Friday, everyone's in a panic on Friday. I say that in my act. I go, every Jew wakes up Friday morning in a panic, like, oh, crap, it's almost Shabbos. Do we have time to do anything? No, it's Shabbos. Forget about it. Like, once that clock changes, what is it, like next week? Yeah. It's, we don't have Friday. Friday doesn't exist from November to April. It just doesn't exist. So this is a bad time. I apologize to your listeners that we did it this time. But, look, take a minute. Let's hopefully we'll get a laugh in, and then we'll get ready for Shabbos. I, Everybody, calm down. It's I, gonna be okay. I think you're uh, you're, you're stating that uh, everyone wakes up Friday morning and they're already behind schedule. Imagine that they are behind <laughs> schedule. I can't tell you how behind I am already. I got, um, it. but it's ex- listen. It's exciting to be on the airwaves. You know, this is uh, I love you. I appreciate that very much, and the feeling is mutual. Now, I got. Yeah. I, I told you off the air that I'm in and out of the whole curb series. Curb your enthusiasm. I was. How- how dare you? How dare you not follow it like like the Torah? Well, this thing should be followed, analyzed. There should be a Talmud on curb. They should take apart every episode and its intricacies and brilliance. Okay, so you missed a few. Here's the good news. The First of all, it's bingeable. You can watch anytime. Second of all, every season is a standalone season. In other words, you don't have to know what happened right. last year, catch up in the last few seasons. It's not Game of Thrones. It's a comedy <laughs> right. show. Right. And the best comedy show, by the way. The thing, the reason that I'm like so honored to just be a part of it, I'm only in a few episodes this season, but like even to be in for a second, this is the Harvard of comedy. This is this is Harvard. Larry is, you know what I told him at lunch? Let I said, hear. Larry... You are the Gadol Hador. <laughs> and he goes, whoa, whoa, what is, what is that? And I said, the great one. Every generation has a great rabbi that we all follow and we, uh, we all listen to. You are the one. You're the Gadol. Uh, do, um, do, uh, Elon, like, Elon, oh, Elon, oh, that's nice. Elon, do, do you yeah. mind if I just point that so that certain listeners realize you're saying this a drop tongue-in-cheek? Do you mind if I just point that out? It, it'll certainly well, help. Well, of course it's tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> when I say the curb is the Torah, I don't mean – you think I want to be struck oh, down by and, lightning? And, I'm and, a comedian. And by Everything the way, I say is in jest. And by the way, if, you, if you're on social media, I think there is a Talmud for curb. I hate to tell you the way people analyze oh, it. That's hilarious. No, 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 no. We jest about it all. Listen, the Jews, we listen. It's right there. It's right there. We began sarcasm when we say, like, oh, you, you had to take us out here to die. You couldn't have left us in Egypt. That, that's sarcasm. I that's nev- comedy. I never even thought of it that way. I looked at Oh, it. that's the beginning of it all. That wow. line, that moment is like, wow, these yeah. Jews have got some snark. That, 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 that reminds me of your old friend Jackie Mason of Blessed Memory. I could see him saying, you, yes. have, to, you have to take us out for that. Blessed Memory. God, I, I miss him already. And, you know, the truth is he was an acquaintance. I wish I could call him a friend. Mm. I just got to meet him a few times. But he was, he was the greatest, like, Jewish comedian. And, by the way, forget Jewish. He was, I would say, top five comedians in modern history like the last 50 years the world according to me is up there with like eddie murphy's specials and Pryor and and carlin it's like it's unbelievable Uh, by the way if he was on the show this morning you know what he would say what would he say 
First of all, it makes me nauseous to think that a person in my position has to go wake up this early in the morning on a Friday morning. I'm so busy with things, and I got to talk to a person named Nachum. Nachum, what kind of name is Nachum? It's the most disgusting, nauseating name. It's got Och in it. You, know, oh, you can't say the word without Och. I'm nauseous from even talking to you. I can't believe how good you are at that. Unbelievable. As, ah. if, as if I'm speaking to Jackie Mason himself. By the it's way. so it, fun. I, it's I'm, so I'm, fun to get into and embody someone, and then you sort of, they're like alive again. It's like weird. It's like, I, I got it's it. the most, it's the best gift I have that uh, Hashem gave me. He gave me the gift of, of mimicry, which is fun. I got to ask you this, because the world according to me, which again, listeners of a certain era know exactly what you're referring to, I don't think you could release an album like that today. Is that sad for you when you think of how much is not allowed to be said these days from the stage? There, Yeah, there's so much going on with that in comedy. You know, a lot of us are just sort of ignoring it and recognizing it as noise. You know, you look at Chappelle, right. and I think Chappelle really did the most heartfelt, beautiful sort of love letter to the LGBTQ community and to trans people, and they just took it as like he's just trashing us. No, that's how he speaks. We speak in a language of jokes. Right. Now, when it came to space Jews, while jokes do not offend me, nothing that a comedian says offend me as long as it comes from the right place and it comes from truth. So my issue with Space Jews is, I don't know if you saw it, but if you see it on Netflix, right. it's Dave is, is a truth teller, and he's like, incredibly brilliant the problem is the premise is based on lies and a false narrative and you know it's just this anti-israel rhetoric that's right. out there unfortunately so it's like the punchline works if the premise was real and true so that's what bothers me that it wasn't true and it's like it's just spreading more misinformation and more lies and, and it's, a, it's a dangerous joke yeah. but again it's, it's still a joke, and I'll always defend a right. joke and my fellow comedian, unless they're outright saying we hate this, these people or whatever. Then and, well, that's and, just hate speech. And by the way, as comedians like you and others have proven, the more true it is, the funnier it is. So it's, that's it's, absolutely anything yeah. that is so relatable to anyone else is really what gets the biggest laugh. When you say to yourself in the audience, "Oh my God, I do that. I think right. that. that that's me. I've, exactly. I've experienced that." But when you're talking about like Wait, 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 the the Jews are what enslaving people, right. and the, it's like it's just lies. So now, now we're we're stuck with a joke that's not based in truth, and therefore doesn't really work. Yeah. And by the way, I saw it live, and it didn't even get a laugh because it's just it, people are just like, wait, uh, I don't think that's true, and also isn't this a bit anti-Semitic? So it's interesting to navigate that. But again, as a comedian. We just have to express ourselves, and as long as it comes from truth and from a good heart, because also Dave has a good heart. Right. You know, he certainly doesn't hate Jews. We're friends. He, Jeff Ross is on the road with him right now doing arenas. He, you know, he's not an anti-Semite, but just he's being fed a lot of stuff that, you know, the Bella Hadids of the world are putting out, and right. it's total misinformation. Elon Gold is with us. A reminder that uh, Batshev and Murray Halpern and the Atid Society invite everybody on Sunday, November the 21st, to enjoy his amazing comedy. Remember, Kirby Enthusiasm uh, has its uh, second episode of the season this coming weekend, and uh, Elon is a big part of a lot of episodes during this season. The Atid Society is going to uh, feature him on the 21st of November, the website is jkha.org slash atid, jkha.org slash atid. There's also a phone number, 
8001. And as you know, the Halperns are big fans of yours for good reason uh, and looking forward to an amazing show. I'm sure you're anxious to see the people in New Jersey and come out and... Uh, and, uh, oh, my goodness, I can't wait to see the Jerseyans. But that's not, like, what's really exciting to me is this is one of my first, it just started, where last week I had a, a live event, two weeks ago I had one, and I'm, you know, starting to, it's, it's coming back, which is such a good, to get off of Zoom, the Zoom comedy, I mean, it's like, this is not what my comedy ancestors wanted for <laughs> us. You know, me standing in a room alone, yelling into a laptop, you know, hearing no laughs, just going, unmute yourselves, please. I, I need that. This doesn't work without laughs. So Zoom comedy is, is, is over, and it looks like we're getting back into good things. So I, mean, I hope. I, I mean, good the, things. The, By the way, I hate when I say things like good things because it makes me sound like, you know how sometimes, remember Trump? You remember Trump. I remember. This is apolitical. Everybody calm down. I don't, I don't, I don't love him or hate him. He, he, just, he's, he's, he's actually related to the Kushner family we're citing this That's morning. right. He's related <laughs> to the Kushner family, so we, we're not going to mock. But he would say things like, when he didn't have the right word, he'd be like, it's a very good thing. You know, it's a tremendous thing. I mean, you look at all the things. So I don't like, when I say thing, it makes me sound like I don't know what I'm talking about. And, what's, yes. and people like you are always searching for the right word because that, the whole joke could turn always. on which word you use uh, and the new I, you know I, I i i hate to do this to you now because i really should do it off the air but one of these days you've got to come into this studio here in manhattan and we got to do a oh, full, 100%. we got to do a full yeah. discussion on how you write material it must be one of the most amazing crafts to analyze it, it is but it's also uh, painstaking it's the least uh fun part because it's so arduous wow. but when you hit that thing that's Oh, I said thing again. Yeah. When you hit that, have that revelation, and you have this moment of, oh, this is an amazing observation. This will kill. Then it's worth all of the painstaking. You know, it's it's constant procrastination. All I do is like, oh, I'll write later. I'll write later, and then you just force yourself and you do it. But we'll get into it. It's a, it's a good hour. Amazing. All right, everybody out there, get your reservations in. Website is the Kushner website, jkha.org slash atid. You could use the phone number, 862-437-8001, and uh, make your reservations for Sunday night, November the 21st, 730, as the Atid Society with Batsheva and Murray Halpern at the helm invite everybody to support the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy and the Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School with Elon Gold. And uh, the, the flyer is a drop vague, Elon. But based on what you're saying, this will be, in one way, shape, or form, a real in-person event, which, as you indicated, is great news. Yeah, there will be me there and other people there. I guess that means in person. Is we, that how it works? We don't know if it'll be ten. We don't, we don't know if it'll be ten or ten thousand, but there'll be some people in the room. Right, right. But we we don't even know what in person means anymore. What exactly do you mean by in person? Yeah, we're gonna see there will, other people. There will not there are be, a be persons in there. There will not be a hologram of Elad Gold on stage. It'll be the real Correct. guy. Correct. By the way, I did one of the gigs that I did. For another school, for Westchester Day School, which happens to be my alma mater, right. was it was really cool over the pandemic. They went to a drive-through, <gasps> and I'm standing here in my office, literally just my laptop and camera and everything. And there, there's like a hundred, two hundred cars, and there I am on a drive-through screen doing stand-up, and they could hear it through their car radios, Phenomenal. and you see laughing and people like you know putting the headlights on. And my friend was there, and he like he videoed it. Uh, for me, and it was so fascinating to see, is this what comedy is now in cars? 
but not and, but, and, uh, driving. but not to belabor the point, the lack of feedback, yeah. and, I, and I'm not referring to speakers, I'm referring to actually hearing you know, the laughter of the audience. It must be something you never get used to. I mean, you, you never really adjust to that, right? Yeah, I would say the first few Zoom shows, I couldn't stand doing it. Right. And, and then, you, because you have to adjust, you just have to adapt. Right. And no I kind of got into it. I kind of got into, by the way, I also got into just saying like bye to my wife and kids and walking through my backyard to the back office and doing the gig and then coming back an hour <laughs> later be like, hey, kids, I'm back. Like normally it's two days on a right. plane back and forth cross country. It's such a pain. I did get used to that. But the actual doing of the show it's you know what it's just different, and then you have then you see people on that gallery view, and then you get to talk to them in in in, in that sort of way. But it's 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 still not it's it's not the same. There is nothing. There's a chemistry in a room. There's an energy, and when you're in a room with people, you, you can never compare does, to these Zoom shows. But I did get used to them. Does every comedian have to open with a covid joke now like is your when you That's get when funny. you when you get to kushner is it going to have to be a reference to having an audience or not it, it is it's like again during the trump era you had to have <laughs> you know it's like to ignore it but but literally this is what comedy is it's taking our life right. and and just poking fun right. so our lives for the last year and a half was covid to not mention it, to, to ignore it as if it never happened is almost insane. It's almost like, hey, guys, how is everybody? You know, you just can't start with that. you got to talk about it. So my opening line will be, I live in L.A. I just flew in on the Delta variant. There you go. And now I just blew my opening line to everybody. Maybe you'll yeah. come. Maybe you'll come up with an even better one between now and then. I'll, I'll do better on the flight on Delta. I love yes, it. I, I just love hope it. I don't get it. Uh, yes. Yeah, please don't get it. You don't know what kind yeah. of st- you don't know what kind of stir you're going to cause in the Garden State if you walk uh, in with COVID. God forbid. Could you imagine that? <laughs> oh, I'm, by the way, the funniest story is when I was on the set of Curb, and there was a tiny, like not an outbreak, but there was rumblings of. of uh, positive, someone in right. my kid's class, right. yes, being positive, and and this is months and months ago, and I thought that I am now, God forbid, bringing curb. I'm going to be the oh one to kill gosh. Larry David. Oh my! Yeah, gosh. and then you had they had to test you before you go, oh. and then I knew it was fine. But but for like a, oh. for hours, I was thinking. I'm going to kill Larry David. Oh. It's going to be me. Instead of, he's like one of my heroes, and now I killed the guy. So I, I believe me, that was a lot of anxiety that I murdered Larry David. But I didn't. He's good. He's very healthy. Thank, thank God. God. And we're thank God. He, excited he, he, about this season. He looks very healthy. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> as, yes. A, as a Jewish yes. mother would say, he's looking very healthy these days. Yes. And by the way, my role, while I can't tell you much about it, it's and it's a positive. I, I always love to put out a positive image of our people. Yeah. But he is the Jewiest person on television, more than anyone you've ever seen on Schtissel. And not in a way that he looks at just everything out of my mouth. That was part of the running gag. And you'll see. I can't give it away, but it's a very uh, proudly Jewish character, and I just love it. And from what I hear, it's pretty darn funny. Well, so, now, ooh, now, you, now you've added people to your list of appointment watching. I can tell you that much. Now I have no yes. choice. I gotta, I gotta By the s- way, they didn't need me to appointment watch <laughs> Curb. Everyone's hooked and addicted. Uh, I hear so, it. So, yeah, check it out. Uh, but more importantly, come to the Kushner event yes. on November 21st. It's that's be- really... It'll be sold out. If you guys don't get, if you if you don't stop, put that chilling pot away 
and get your tickets now. You're going to miss out. And then they're going to DM me. Be like, we couldn't get tickets. Well, what do you want? You know, you got to, you know, so I can help everybody. So what you're saying is as busy as a Friday is, this has to be on the priority list. This has to be on the priority list. Put, the, put everything down and get the, the kids can eat next Shabbos. Don't worry about it. <laughs> there you go. A challenge every other week is fine, right? Right. Uh, Elon, you have a wonderful Shabbos. Good luck at Kushner. And we'll be talk- We'll be talking it up it. here. And thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on, Malcolm. Elon Gold, everybody. Sunday, November the 21st. Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School, the Atid Society. Big thank you to Batsheva and Murray Halpern. Information at 862-437-8001, or jkha.org slash atid, jkha.org slash atid. More coming up at JM in the AM. J.M. in the A.M. Sholi with uh, Tovin Mioro. Before that, my conversation with Elon Gold. I want to thank him. And they go to the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School site. Um, Batsheva and Murray Halpern share the Atid Society. And the event is November the 21st. Get your tickets. Very funny. Elon Gold, very funny. And advising people to stop cooking the chalons and buy tickets. <laughs> I like this perspective about what Friday's all about. You wake up Friday morning, you're already behind schedule. Uh, it is a Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, Parshas Chaye Sarah, with thousands gathering in the holy city of Hebron. Candle lighting in New York, 535. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Kislev is next Friday. Rosh Chodesh Kislev is next Friday. Tuesday's election day. There are plenty of important elections no matter where you are in this country. Make sure to vote. Make sure our community is well represented on both the local and larger level. Uh, an important reminder, and have your kids who are 
18 and over, do the same. Remind them about it. And your grandchildren, everybody has got to remember the importance of voting on every single election day. Keep in mind our friends at jewishworldreview.com. If you're looking for thousands of articles on Israel and the Jewish world to print out before Shabbos and enjoy uh, uh, perusing the um, the different articles over Shabbos, then uh, go to jewishworldreview.com. Jewishworldreview.com, you'll find plenty of information and lots of great analysis uh, on that site. Next Friday, I am not here. Not sure yet who's hosting next Friday morning, but I am not here next Friday morning. So our next weekly update after today will be, please God, uh, two weeks from today. Uh, meanwhile, we get to enjoy our weekly update this week. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He's with us Friday mornings, Erev Shabbos here at JM in the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. It's good to be with you. Can't overstate the importance of every election day, right? Every election, and people should vote every line. Don't skip and just, you know, because there's one particular, the mayor race takes dominance or something. You have to vote for every position and look at the referendum, which I know many of the organizations have uh, indicated are oh. not in the interests of the community or the people generally and should uh, read them before you vote. Uh, it's very important that people um, take note of what's in those referendums. I'm glad you mentioned that. I didn't even realize that the referendums were of real note this time around. I'm glad you mentioned that. So people pay attention and uh, listen to those who are in the know about what is best for us and the community. Um, and again, Tuesday is Election Day nationwide. Lots of governors' races and obviously many, many others. So please, um, no matter what level the uh, the office might be that's being contested, make sure... Uh, to vote, um, so I, I, I'm I'm I don't want to say I'm confused, but it seems I'm not alone. So maybe I'll use that term. Uh, November first, which you know is Monday, Israel is reopened to vaccinated people or not? Be confused. <laughs> That's what I figured. It seems like everyone's <laughs> thinking the way I'm thinking. Like no but, one really knows what the story is, and we're we're you know within a couple of days That's away. The story. Um, look, the the. Uh, um, you know, the, the the releases that are coming out, including this morning, of the directions would seem to indicate that if you have um, the proper vaccinations and documentation and you file the paperwork in advance and take the PCR, you should be able to go. Uh, but I think it will require still some more clarification because it, it depends on which uh, inoculation you get. Right. It depends on – and that affects the amount of time – in advance, like for the third booster shot, for Moderna, you need two weeks. For Pfizer, you need one week right. before you can go. But there, there's much more in terms of um, the difficulty. To, uh, we don't have a digital system uh, like Europeans do so that Israel can check more readily. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit more complicated. You know, but, it's, I think the most frustrating part is that some of the details that you just went through, people are like, okay, that's good concrete information. If I have the PCR, if I have the vaccine, like I know, yes or no. But it seems like this rumor went out from the government of Israel, and we're sort of just expecting that final declaration, and that's just not coming, it seems. Well, they, they've had final declarations maybe every other day. A final <laughs> declaration has come out. Uh, <laughs> and I think it's because the reaction that people – just don't have the clarity. Right. But travel agents, I think, will. And I think, uh, you know, after November 1st, right. you'll see um, that, that 
tourism will go up, people will start being able to go back. Uh, the problem is with uh, children who are not vaccinated, there will be other complications that uh, I think we're going to have to address. By the way, and I know that obviously this is really a local issue, and, and, and I won't spend time on it because that's not usually our focus, and I get that, but I, I just just to make sure that I you know that I'm that, that I'm thinking the right way. What what, what do you think of the uh, of the COVID uh, vaccination mandates that are now affecting at least in New York? I know it's happening in the rest of the country. They're now affecting the number of people in the public safety realm uh, who can serve and and is really having an effect on police department, fire department, other really important departments. I, yeah, it's not just a local uh, affair because it's it's happening around the country, and uh, it's, it affects hospitals. It affects many other first responder positions. It's uh, quite frightening that uh, thousands of people are being laid off at a time when we see crime increasing, when we see the tensions in society, uh, the need for them in general, but even more so now. Um, I hope that they can find some sort of a resolution because they are putting their colleagues in danger. If, they, if they're not vaccinated, they can put the, the people they work with in danger. But they, the people who were in the hospitals were working straight through COVID, and many of them were not vaccinated and take other precautions. There, there has to be some way that they come to a, a resolution of this. Uh, and in, and back to Israel for a second. So the good news is, at least what I saw the article in Hamodia this morning, they are expecting tens of thousands in Chevron probably right now. They're pouring in, hopefully. Outdoor activities are, are opening up with less and less restrictions. And I guess, just to conjecture, that if there are no more serious variants down the road, we really could be, could be in a stage of real reopening. We could be, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of concern about what will happen in Hebron. Uh, in terms of uh, it's a spread event, but I think it's a good test to see right. if, if um, Hashem, there's no you know uptick because of it, then uh, Israel is on the right track. Yeah. They seem to be anyway with the number of cases uh, decreasing. Yeah, the only scary thing is, of course, Israel's been on the right track before. But let's hope, let's hope, let's hope. All right, uh, go to uh, the story with the Iran for a second. Can can you re-enter? I I, I was sort of confused about a New York Times article. Can Iran re-enter? nuclear talks without the United States being involved? Yes. How does that work? Because the United States pulled out of the nuclear talks. We, we pulled out of the JCPOA. And so their negotiations, as I pointed out repeatedly here, is not with us. When, when they go back to Geneva, they're talking about talking to Russia, China, and the Europeans, basically, um, within the absence of the United States. The United right, States but- had said that they will go back in under the right uh, circumstances, in fact, are anxious. Uh, the administration has said that they were anxious to go back. But Iran, in the meantime, is using all of this time to enhance their stockpile of enriched uranium. I mean, people think that they're, they're, they're stalling because they're gaining while, all this time. They're, they're advancing their ballistic missile capacity. They're advancing the weaponization process. And so the, the, whether they come back to the JCPOA, whether they have to negotiate a new JCPOA, whether they, you know, find some other interim agreement, which some people are proposing, that, you know, they take it step by step and match. And the United States has said that they would match concession, you know, some action by Iran with action by the United States in terms of reducing sanctions, which is a mistake, I think. This is a time when the sanctions have the maximum leverage and we should use it. And, and you know, Iran is engaging, in, as always, in the cyber attacks. We saw it on the, uh, repeatedly in, and the uh, drone attack on our troops in Syria, which was clearly uh, 
with the them uh, the Iranians were behind it, and then they got struck too when their all their gas stations broke down, uh, and it was hit by a cyber attack from an unknown source, uh, and there were also. Um, uh, attacks on some of their troops. Right, but, okay, so I should have asked the question differently. With that in mind, and with a desire to get the sanctions removed, etc., isn't it only in Iran's interest that if they do reopen negotiations or continue to uh, to talk to other countries that the U.S. be involved? Because it, it, that that is their end game. Their end game is that they, they want a much more sympathetic administration, which they now have in Washington, to give in on those issues and to remove sanctions and make their lives easier. It, 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 they are there are indirect talks with the United States that have been going on all the time. Um, there have been the high level meetings, and Raisi has indicated he doesn't want to meet with Americans. And the fact that he made his first trip to the uh, uh, to Dushanbe, where they had the conference uh, on um, of the um, you know the the Southeast Asian group uh, that they wanted to be part of and are now part of, and they've applied for, I don't know, 14 years uh, to be part of it. And they, um, so they're looking east to Russia, to China. That's why they've made those the priority visits of Raisi, the new president of Iran, uh, and the foreign minister. Uh, so they're trying to say, we're not dependent on the United States. You know, we can manage without you. But the truth is the internal situation deteriorating so rapidly continues to deteriorate the um, their, their currency is worthless the exports all the things that uh, they would need that uh, the, the drought has eaten up a good part of the country and unemployment is extremely high and COVID continues to be a, a challenge for them yet it's not the interest of the people that that motivates them you know there was a, a report this week which also got almost no attention but it showed that that last year they executed 250 people, including four child offenders, not people who offended children, but four children who were charged. And this year they've already done 230, including nine women and one child. And they, you know, they do this with forced extracted um, uh, tort, uh, confessions, which are uh, obtained under torture, and the. Um, I mean, the acts uh, of reprisals against the families of the victims, against human rights defenders, against uh, lawyers, is is astonishing. And yet the world doesn't tell you the truth. And, you know, they keep saying we, we've got to win them back. We have to talk to them. And if it weren't for the fact that the U.S. military was tipped off about the fact that Iran's attack was going to take place on the troops in Syria, uh, we would not have removed the 200 soldiers who were there and left only 12, the, the toll might have been much higher. How, how does the economic situation manifest itself? Are they begging for handouts? Are they are they pleading to the world for assistance? Or are they just, they couldn't care less what's happening with their citizens and the hierarchy has all the money they need? The hierarchy, as you said, the IRGC and the Supreme Leader control 40% of the economy. So they get their cut off the top. And the... Um, the people are, are suffering, but they're willing to. The messages we keep getting of the people are saying, we will suffer for it if you get rid of this regime. And they have, many people have done extremely courageous things. There have been many demonstrations across the country. Uh, and, you know, people are not pressing them to go back to to, to the talks. That people are pressing for just ba- daily basic needs. And by the way, you know, the charges that they don't have enough vaccine because of the U.S., it's, right. just, it's a lie. 
our sanctions don't apply to medicines and, and things like that. Unbelievable. Uh, by the way, on the subject of uh, executions and punishments of the sort, Hamas has killed six informants that uh, they, or six people who they accused of being informants for Israel, and obviously nobody reacts. The world doesn't say a word, and they're and they're and they're carrying out these uh, capital punishments for those who I I assume the I mean I can you even use the word fair trial or like <laughs> no. There's no fair trial, and it's, it's, it, this is a way to get rid of your political opponents. Right. It's a way of um, doing a lot of other things other than just um, uh, dealing with uh, what people. They, the, the easiest way is you accuse them of being a spy for Israel, and, they, and you execute them. And they, they have rounded up people, and you hear it from the family members who assert that they were not in any way involved in any of these nefarious activities uh, by their definition. Um, so it, there's no rule of law. There's no standard uh, for them to be held to, and it's uh, it's really remarkable how the uh, media Nobody you know jumps to the word. defense of the NGOs that Israel yeah. has identified these six NGO non-governmental organizations right. who are all up, uh, directly tied now to the PFLP, uh, the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine, a terrorist organization designated by the United States, Europeans, not just Israel. They, they have the direct information on these guys, and yet the people are jumping to their defense that it's a restriction of free speech, whatever. Um, and you look at the names, all the fancy names, you right. know, I was just nurses say, I was and just, women for peace, et cetera, et cetera. I was just going to say, really well-dressed, the, the yeah. names. But they're terrorist organs. They're, they're top, many of, some of their officers, actually uh, leaders, were involved in terrorist attacks, and their the money goes to support the FLP operations then. According to the charges, yeah, and the world says nothing, and uh, and and not only that, as you just pointed out, when these six organizations are linked to real terror organizations, not only is it irrelevant to everybody, but they go out there and defend them, which is just uh, incredible. Uh, and 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 I hate to say it, and you would know the details, I would not, but I have a feeling some people from our community are among those defenders. I would bet there are people who who are, you know, and they look at everything. Um, uh, you know, right away with a critical eye, criticize, uh, criticizing Israel. Let them study the history. Let them look at the context in which this is taking uh, place. These are not advocates for peace. They're the advocates for the destruction of Israel. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's a scam. So they hide behind the skirts of, of legitimate human rights. Uh, um, there are legitimate human rights organizations mm-hmm. in the world, but these are not them. And And it's really amazing. To see the United States actually has been pretty um, restrained in its response to it, and they were given the information. Somebody flew from Israel. There was a big controversy about whether or not they were informed. Uh, Israel said they did inform them. They were claiming they did not get informed. Um, The truth is that some people were informed, and maybe it's easier for them to uh, address some of the more extreme elements in, in in Congress or others by saying that they didn't know about it. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, and AlchemSegal.com, and the AlchemSegal Network, and, of course, the beloved NSN app. All right, so the Prime Minister and, I guess, others in the Israeli administration are going through this whole settlement expansion issue, uh, housing issue. Um, We want to build homes in certain places, Judea, Samaria, etc., and the United States is not very happy. What could you tell us about this? The United States is not very happy about it. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> it's like the old story over and over again. Right. And it's, 
you know, first of all, they, you notice that nobody mentions that they included in their 1,200 units for Palestinians approving new construction for them. They don't um, tell the story of where these, that they're all built within the confines and the restricted areas that uh, of the existing communities. Um, and it's something that we, we've seen before and that will be... Uh, raised over and over again, and Israel gets beaten up for, for building civilian housing for people in uh, in these areas within the constraints and the defined boundaries. So uh, no doubt we'll hear more about it. Yeah, and this United States administration obviously is not, um, is not going to pass on an opportunity uh, to criticize Israel for doing this, even if, as you just described, it's totally legitimate. The... Um, uh, the 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 other thing regarding the prime minister, and I saw this in a story this morning. D- did he in fact? Did he in fact conjecture that this rotation system for prime minister will never actually happen? I assume that means that the government will dissolve, in his opinion, uh, you know, at least midway through, if not earlier. And well, first of all, it was it was it in fact him who was conjecturing this way. So it wasn't a closed. It wasn't a public event, and they claimed that in this private discussion, he did say that he didn't think Lapid would ever get to be prime minister, which means that they're not going to make it past halfway, that, uh, you know, the challenges, once they get past the budget, which is remarkable, and it looks like they will get past it, uh, there are other challenges. And I think he was making an offhanded private comment. I don't think he intended it to be a public declaration. Yeah. But, you know, a comment like that's not going to stay quiet for very long. Well, not just that. It's disturbing to hear that, uh, that the, the you know, we're, we're, look, what are we hoping for now after the whole, uh, you know, uh, after all the elections? We're hoping for a little bit of stability. Right. I, I'm sure that you would you would prefer if... The same it, word that came to mind as you were saying it. Yeah. That's the key. And I'm but, sure... But there are so many contentious issues, and you have such a frail... Um, concoction there of that anybody from Ram, the Arab Party, to others can pull the government down. It just. Uh, but why doesn't it seem that way from the media? Why doesn't it? See, it doesn't look like chaos compared well, to. Well, first of all, the media is supportive of this uh, government. They don't want to see a return in Netanyahu because most of the media is more left. Right. And uh, that's one, and, and that's regardless of the time and, and the people in, in place. The um, second, I think they too want. Some stability. They recognize the need to get this budget passed, although there are criticisms of uh, of the prime minister periodically and even the foreign minister. Uh, but there's nobody in the offing right now. There's nobody who unites any of the parties. Not Likud, uh, unless it's uh, Netanyahu, who still enjoys 80 percent support according to polls within Likud. But he's getting challenged from amongst his allies and former allies. Uh, very seriously, and amongst the other side, there's no, there are no, there's no one there that's going to galvanize. So, if you had a real leader to in, to challenge him within or within the opposition, the parties affiliated with the government, but there, I don't see it. Do you get the feeling, seeing the events he's going to and the way he's behaving, that the prime that that prime minister Netanyahu is again running for prime minister? Well, I think he smells blood, and he'll come out and do more. Um, but I think a lot of people in Likud would like to see him have a, a be the senior statesman, but to have somebody new emerge that would lead the party and you know assure them a victory in in any future election. Uh, but 
you know, there are a lot of people who said that they would affiliate with Likud, the Likud without Netanyahu. Right. So he's burnt a lot of bridges there, but he's also seen by many in the public, what public is, as, a, as the, a real leader. What is it about political figures in history, Malcolm, that they never think that their time is up? <laughs> what is it with that? Well, it's, it's a natural thing. I mean, it's true in business. It's true in other sectors uh, that people, nobody wants to admit it. And you got to sometimes look in the mirror and just say, you know, what is the best interest, not of you, but of the things you care about? And some of us make decisions on that basis to assure that there's the proper continuity and leadership. And and for people, you know, it's very heady to be, you know, prime minister and to be in a leadership position. You know, it's very hard. John Cabot Lodge was once asked when he was 85 why he takes on these assignments and travels abroad. And he said, because after you ride in a limo with a police escort, you can't take the subway. Wow. Yeah, that's true. Um, I just think it's so difficult. You know, you mentioned business and other uh, pursuits. Uh, some of them don't seem as difficult as the road to get back into the center of the political arena. And uh, it doesn't stop Netanyahu and many others, as you pointed out. Doesn't well, stop here, them. too, we have the same, you know, right. it's true universally. You see how many times leaders are recycled and brought back. And, um, it, you know, it's a natural phenomenon in, in politics. So you don't doubt that Trump will be in the Republican primary next time around? I certainly think it's possible. Right. I guess it depends on health and other things. Um, it, you know, it, it's funny. I, I don't remember if we discussed it and if this opinion came from you or or um, or we were d- discussing what others felt about it, but on the Ben & Jerry's thing, um, at some point on these airwaves it was mentioned uh, that all this is a drop in the bucket and, and insignificant. But now, when you're talking about over $100 million dollars, um, um, uh, divested uh, from New York, and you're putting together all the other states that are hopping on this bandwagon, which for some reason just continues to to grow ever so strong. It's really it's it's I, I think it's unbelievable to watch. You know, usually these things last for a few days and it's over with. This thing just keeps on going. Uh, it's got to get to the point where this is going to be a real financial burden, or am I fooling myself? No, the hope is that uh, that they force the parent company because clearly the Ben and Jerry's board is the Ben and Jerry's board, and that this is their positions, and they've had all these extreme uh, positions, and um, you know they the um, parent company though, you know, is such a, a, a massive company to really impact it. You need to have many states adopt these uh, measures. Now Arizona has, Florida has. Uh, New York, thanks to Mr. DiNapoli, announced uh, that he's going to cut each one over $100 million of investments from the company. Sooner or later, it really does impact, and their board of directors will start saying, you know, questioning them and looking at how this impacts the bottom line, and hopefully a lot of people are not buying the ice cream also, and there's a, I think the Florida University system said they're not going to carry it, and I'm sure there are many others that don't get national attention, but who, who subscribe to it. And also, we we can't let it die down. And the reason why it's important is not because what Ben and Jerry's is or where they can eat their, get uh, their ice cream. There's plenty of alternatives. It's because of the, what the message that it represents, and that we have to show other companies that they can't get away with it. That this is an extension of BDS. And they'll say, well, it's only targeted for the shtachim. It's only it's it's targeted. It's not that's not the message. 
The message is that Israel is being boycotted by Ben and Jerry's. And regardless of how they try to redefine it and limit it, the fact is that the damage is done and there has to be a, a consequence to it. We have to see them either reverse the decision publicly or pay a price. And I think the, the uh, damage to the brand is certainly clear. But, I mean, Ben and Jerry don't own it anymore. And they have, uh, everybody has seen by this time their videos where they say they support the existence of Israel, but this was uh, against the policy. The fact is that in this era of the rising anti-Semitism, the new statistics that came out in the last week, which shows the hostile atmosphere that a third of Jewish students have experienced um, something on the anti-Semitism on the campus, that 40% of American Jews have changed their behavior. They won't wear outward symbols, that they uh, check where they go, that they change their Facebook postings, that if people are afraid to be publicly identified as a Jew, in, in the United States, and that the um, and, and that is such a significant part of the American Jewish community has experienced or know of somebody who directly experienced an anti-Semitic attack, including physical assaults, then these things, uh, like what Ben and Jerry's did, they contribute to this atmosphere, and they have to be stopped. And you can't say anything is irrelevant or any of these are not important. They're all important because they contribute to the general co- climate that it's open season. And for those, you know, who want to criticize Israel, it's one thing, and again, nobody should say, you know, that, oh, it's about, it's about policy. It's not about policies of Israel. This is about the right of Israel to exist, the right of Jews to have a state, the right of Jews to be like other people and have national self-determination, etc. So, you know, I know a lot of people who will give it the back of their hand. It's a mistake. This, each of these things is another brick in the wall of anti-Semitism. I was happy to see the list of 200 celebrities that came out anti-BDS. Uh, yeah. Uh, sometimes it gets lonely and you wonder, is anybody out there, you know, <laughs> is anybody out there on our side? So at least uh, there are some people who are brave enough to come out. But um, uh, the, the, um, uh, the, the, the target that they become on social media, just for, you know, making an innocent statement about being against boycotting Israel is unbelievable. What they have, we shouldn't minimize what they have to endure. Uh, when this, I don't know if you saw the New York Times was uh, was unhappy with Mayim Bialik. Uh, Hollywood is turning on Mayim Bialik because she's not bal- too Jewish, right? It's not balanced. Well, too Israeli, quote unquote, or too, too much of a lover of Israel. She's not balanced enough to be the uh, the host of Jeopardy. And you know, you know who they came for first in that whole routine. And I'm telling you now that that, that those who think that they're ensconced in the in the in the woke area of life. In this country, they're going to be uh, they're going to see how people turn on them in an instant. And yet, you see that the place where you see increased trade dramatically is in in the Muslim world, the Arab, the uh, Abraham Accords countries. Yeah. There are all sorts of conferences and business exchanges and trade, including Morocco. Now, the flights to all these countries are materializing. Um, the the uh, change in their textbooks and other things that they who are on the front line of all of these issues, live with Israel in the region. If anybody should have a, a, a gripe or something, if, if Israel were this cancer that they describe, they, they would know it. And in fact, you see quite the opposite. This week, the head of the World Muslim League, based in Saudi Arabia, former Minister of Justice, uh, one of the top, I guess, two Muslim leaders in the world, went to YU to speak and was amazing and met with Holocaust survivors and uh, met with us, and he's a, a good friend of, that we've developed over the years. Um, it's remarkable to see this change. And, and I said, but aren't you worried? Aren't you threatened? He said, no more. No more. Wow. 
and they said, and I don't get, when he started, he used to get death threats. He said, it's not the case anymore. It doesn't mean that things have dramatically right. changed. We still see some of the polls, but there, are, there is a change taking place. And yet, in Europe and the United States and the, the Western democracies, we see this, uh, this horrific uh, uptick in, in Jew hatred, and the need to, to stand up against it is, is radical. What a different world. Unbelievable. Um, the uh, Bennett-Putin meeting, which, which um, uh, led to the prime minister having to spend Shabbat outside of Israel, uh, went very long. Uh, what were the results of that encounter? Well, that he got another invitation to come back with his wife. That um, they hoped uh, they they had a much longer talks than anticipated. I think they went over five hours, as, as you said. He had to spend Shabbos in Sochi. Um, but look, the relationship with with Russia is very important because of Russia's presence in uh, Syria and because uh, Israel's freedom to operate there is dependent largely on it. There are reports that the Russians have disbanded the militia group they had on near the Golan which um, could free up thousands of people to of, of these renegades to go with other groups, including uh, Hezbollah and Iran, which is increasing its presence along the Golan all the time and trying to move in anti-aircraft uh, systems, as well as in Lebanon and in Iraq, because they want to counter any potential Israeli strike and to be able to threaten Israel more directly. Uh, so Russia plays a critical role there, and, it, and and with minimal investment, they have leveraged it, uh, and you know backed Assad from the beginning, and therefore got and now a naval base there, an air force base, which is very critical. Uh, you see his more aggressive actions in the, in Libya and elsewhere. So Russia is uh, is on the move, and the. Um, the, the relationship that Israel has with it is very critical, and, I, and I've spoken to Putin on occasions, and he, you know, he spoke to me about the uh, how he told Arafat at the time that if you attack Israel, you attack Russia, because I have a million of my people there, and I'm there to protect them. Um, so I think if the relationship going right can be yeah. very important. Interesting to see the two of them get along, <laughs> the prime minister and the president of Russia. Uh, finally, I mean, I, I saw this in in, in today's Hamodia. I mean, if Hamas has this type, if Hamas leadership has this type of financial network and investments up the wazoo, is anybody paying attention? Does the United States government even care? Well, I think they care because this funds a terrorist operation that is not just limited to Gaza. And this, and you're talking about Hamas having five hundred million dollars uh, wow. supposedly stashed away, wow. but they're not the only ones. These other groups, Hezbollah, similarly, has been discovered to have it. The PA uh, has money stashed away. These are all kleptocracies where the leadership that benefits, and you know, when when Israel or other foreign countries. Uh, um, send in aid, it often is sold then to the people, it's not given to them. Uh, and the same thing in Iran and other countries, and the beneficiaries are the are the elite leadership uh, who control the economy, and, and you know, that raises the, the anger of the people, and then they try to redirect that anger by attacking Israel and saying, you know, that Israel is responsible for their problems, etc., and, and organizes the demonstrations along the border, let's say at Gaza, which is not spontaneous. It is it's organized, but it's a it's a way of diverting attention by the governments from the their failure, the economic collapse of of these regions. Uh, so the you know the, the United States has taken action and and sanctioned 
uh, people uh, in both in Gaza and in the, uh, amongst Hezbollah and others. So have some of the European countries, but it's a re- you know they recognize and name names of people who are involved in in these activities because they violate most of the money laundering and the criminal activities, the laws that we have. Yeah, and those laws would help uh, completely destroy the structure of their financial network. And obviously money mm-hmm. is the most important part. <laughs> money and, I guess, personnel is the most important part of what they do uh, as they try to terrorize others. And they only have personnel if they have the money. Right. <sighs> well, love to see um, Washington pay more attention to these things and act in a... Uh, in a well, we have. I mean, there is way. This week, Saudi Arabia blacklisted um, um, uh, groups associated with the uh, Hamas, with Hezbollah. You know, their their quote uh, financial arm, uh, and Kosovo took actions, also sanctioning uh, Hezbollah and uh, designating a terrorist organization. So there are increasing efforts on part of some of the Europeans and others to take action. Uh, against them, and they and Saudi Arabia and others have cut off much of their funding. Qatar continues to have the relationship. Turkey continues to have it, but I think that there's less money flowing to them, and they depend upon the drug uh, and criminal activities in which they engage, and uh, siphoning off money from uh, from uh, in the case of Hezbollah from uh, Shiite populations in Africa. Mm. And there's a whole study that came out recently that showed how much money flows from Africa, from uh, Shiites, like 9 million in Nigeria, 2 million in other, I mean, there are millions all over the continent, but also you have uh, Lebanese who left Lebanon uh, in the hundreds of thousands uh, over the years in response to the conflicts, and they provide a lot of funding. These are Shiite populations that uh, from Lebanon who are in Africa, and uh, provide funding to to Hezbollah. Malcolm, I thank you. Uh, we will not be convening next week, but please God, two weeks from now, and have so a wonderful. Nothing will happen. It's good. No, <laughs> yeah, be no news. No news. Some people like it that way. Some people like uh, it. Wouldn't be, I like it that way. Some yeah. people like it. I, I can't believe you like ignoring the news. No way. No I didn't way. Say ignore it. I, I just like that nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, and have a wonderful Shabbos. Malcolm Holdline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Fridays. 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time at the weekly update right here at JM in the a.m. Next week, I will not be here. We'll reconvene two weeks from today with the next weekly update, please, God. I want to thank those who have been donating to our, I guess we call this the tail end of our uh, New Year's campaign, right? 5782, and we're about to enter our end-of-year uh, campaign before tax season ends. So I want to thank those who continue to support us. I want to thank Sharon Lowe. Um, on the Upper East Side of New York City, a $100 donation in memory of Mel and Irma Kramer and Tilda Lowe. Thank you very much for that. And I want to thank uh, Mr. and Mrs. David Rosenbaum and Teaneck, a $100 donation. Uh, that's in honor of uh, Susan Rosenbaum, early child school director at the Mag and David Yeshiva. Big shout out to Susan Rosenbaum and everybody at Mag and David. And thank you to the Rosenbaum family. If you'd like to help us out, Continue to support JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Our list of monthly donors, recurring donors, continues to grow. Why not give 50 a month, 100 a month, 180 a month, whatever you want to give? It would be amazing, and it could all be done at fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and I thank you. This time each and every Friday, every Arab Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin. 
Spiritual Leader Emeritus, Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Chayi Sura. Parshas Chayi Sura conveniently is divided into three parts. The first 20 psukim deal with the acquisition of a burial plot for Sura, teaching Klal Yisrael throughout the centuries that there is a very important concept of Kever Yisrael, of a Jew being buried in a Jewish cemetery. And I emphasize the word buried because, unfortunately, um, people who are uneducated and don't realize the significance of the word burial will oftentimes opt for other options, God forbid cremation, or even above-ground burial. And the halacha is that Jewish law teaches that a Jew is to be buried as opposed to other alternatives. The next 67 psukim deal with the acquisition of a wife for Yitzchak, and we see what the Torah stresses. You want to know what's going to make a good wife? She's got to be a giving person. She's got to be a person of chesed, one that is willing to go out of a way to help others. That's the nature and character that's going to build the Jewish community. And finally, the last 18 psukim deal with the passing of uh, Avraham and that of Yishmael. I'd like to focus on something which I find very interesting and striking and different as part of the 67 uh, psukim that the Torah tells us of the story of Eber Avram, whom we know as Eliezer, his implementation of this very interesting mission. I want to focus on one small detail which I believe is going to teach us something very significant, and that is as follows. Throughout the Torah, whenever an individual is uh, recorded in terms of his genealogy, we're told who the father is. And three times in Parshas Chayesara, we find that the Torah mentions not only a father, but the mother or grandmother. I'm talking about the fact that Milka receives front and center attention in our parsha. When Rivka is introduced to us, when Eliezer immediately uh, finishes his prayer to Hashem, that the girl who comes and offers him and his camel's water, that's the girl. So the Torah tells us immediately that and behold, Rivka Yotzeis. And who is this Rivka? A Sheyulda who was born to Lipsuel Ben Milka, Bisuel, the son of Milka. Only later telling us that who is Milka? Milka is the wife of Nachor, and so we know that Psuel is the son of Milka and Nachor. But Milka, the mother, is mentioned first. And that's in Pusuk 15. 
Pesach 24. When Eliezer asks her who she is, she says, Bas Besuel Enochi, right? My father is Besuel, but instead of saying Ben Nochor, it's Ben Milka. Once again, the mother's name, Asher Yoldol Enochor. And finally, at the end, when Eliezer repeats the story to her family, the same thing is done. Eliezer switches the order a little bit and saying that the girl said to me, she's Bas Besuel Ben Nochor, but once again, Asher Yoldolo Milka. That Milka was the uh, uh, grandmother. Okay, so the question here is why? Why is Milka mentioned and why three times? I don't know, but I think clearly the Torah is emphasizing. And what is it that the Torah is emphasizing in a very tsanua way, in a very hidden way? The incredible effect of the woman, the mother, on the children. And so if Rivka is the way she is, where did this come from? Rivka had a Milka. Now, who is Milka? Well, Milka appears for the first time in the end of Parshas Noah. At the end of Parshas Noah, the Torah tells us, chapter 11, and this is Pasuk 29, that Avram and Nochor, both sons of Terach, and there's a third brother, as we'll see in a moment, Horon. So Avram and Nochor marry. Shem Eshes Avram Sarai, Avram's wife is Sarai, and Nochor's wife is Milka. Now who are these two girls? Bas Horon, they are the daughters, each of them. They are sisters, Sarai and, Noch, and Milka. They are the daughters of Horon, as the Torah says, the father of Milka and the father of Yiska. Now what does that mean when the Torah says that he's the father of these two girls? Interestingly, Sarah, as Rashi tells us, is referred to as Yiska. And what is Yiska? Rashi tells us literally soaking, saturated with Ruach HaKodesh, that she was not only a spiritual individual, but she was an individual who had the ability of prophecy. And as we know later on in Parshas Vayera, last week's Parsha, when Sora says, get rid of Hagar, and the negative Yishmael, the negative influence of Yishmael, her son, and the Torah says, Vayera, that this appeared very bad to Avraham, who settles the marriage dispute between Avraham and Sarah? None other than Hashem himself. And what does Hashem say? Shema Bekola, listen to Sarah. And what does Rashi teach us on that verse where Hashem says, Shema Bekola? So Rashi says, Lomadnu, from here we learn, Shoya Avram, Tofel, Lesara, 
Binavius, that Avram was second to Sarah in the realm of prophecy. So we see that the Torah is teaching us, not explicitly, but very clearly beneath the surface of the great ability of Sarah, her incredible character, possessing the uh, attribute of prophecy. And I will give you the exact source. It is in Yalkut Shimoni on Parshas Balak, chapter 766, and I quote, the Omru Rabosenu, our rabbis taught us, called the Umos, all the prophets of the Gentile, Ha'olam, Min Milka Omdu. They all descended from Milka. Wow! The Medrash is teaching us that just like Sarah was excelled in prophecy, so too did her sister Milka. Oh, that's number one. Secondly, their destinies are tied together. At the end of last week's parsha, right after the Akedah, the Torah says, after these things, Avram was informed, Milka, your sister-in-law, gave birth but I left out intentionally two, two words, what's this and the rabbis point out that clearly their destiny was the same, that as Sora had trouble conceiving, so too did Milka, and it's only when Sora conceived that Milka conceived as well. And where do we see that? Take a look, my friends, at Targum Yonason ben Uziel on that Pasuk, chapter 22, Pasuk 20. And what does he say? Uf he. She too is Ravachas, became pregnant and gave birth to children. Bishusa the Achsa, in the merit of her sister Sarah. The destiny of these two women is intricately tied together very, very strongly in terms of their nature, in terms of their character. Ah! Now maybe we understand why the Torah mentions Milka three times, teaching us of the powerful influence of the Jewish woman. I think it's so appropriate that the very beginning of this week's parsha does the same. The rabbis tell us on the first verse that Sarah lived for 127 years. Wait a minute. We find that number, say Chazal, in the opening pasuk of Megillas Esther. And the Medrash Rabbah at the beginning of Parshas Chaisora asks, why is it that Esther was privileged to become the queen over 127 provinces? And they answer, because of the merit of 
Sora imenu. It's as if HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Sarah, you've done so much good in your life. What would you like? Your reward now in Olam Haba, or generations later when your children are going to be in trouble and there's going to be your great-great-great-great-granddaughter, Esther, and she will be able to save the people would you want your merits to go there? HaKadosh Baruch Hu puts Sarah's many wonderful deeds, the Nefesh Asher Asu Bechoran, her partnering in Avram with Gemilas Chasadim, her partnering with Avram in converting the women of the day. HaKadosh Baruch Hu puts her deeds in the divine bank of Chesed, and therefore Rabbi Kiva taught the people who in his day, the Medrash says, Rabbi Akiva was Yoshev Doresh, was teaching. The people were dozing off. It doesn't mean dozing off literally. It means, unfortunately, they were giving up. How can we defeat the Romans? Says Rabbi Akiva, we have something in our arsenal that they don't have. And what is that? Sora Imenu. And therefore, in the schus of Sora, did Esther and the Jewish people overcome the threat of Haman, so too we will overcome the threat of the Romans based upon the schus of the Jewish woman. And let's just conclude with that beautiful tefillah which the Jewish woman recites every Friday afternoon when she lights Shabbos candles. Now, we know there's the practice that many fathers have to bless their children right before Kiddush on Friday night, and that is with a one-liner. Yisim chelokim kefrayim uchimenasheh, yisimei chelokim kesor rivka rachamoleya. Yes, there is that long tefillah that fathers bless their sons and daughters on Erev Yom Kippur. But look at the long tefillah that the women recite and cry on every Friday afternoon. And it was made into that beautiful song, Vizakeni, Begadel Bonim Uvnevonim. Please give me the privilege to raise children and grandchildren, Chachomim Unevonim, who are wise and understanding. O Ave Hashem, love Hashem, Yirei Elokim, fear God. Anshe Emes, people of truth, and Zera Kodesh, holy offspring, listen carefully, Bashem Devekim, attached to Hashem, Umeiremesa Olam, who illuminate the world, Batorah Uvemasim Tovim, with their Torah and their good deeds, Uvechom Meleches Avodas Habore. Baruch Hashem, we too have in our arsenal the great, outstanding tears, prayers of the Jewish woman who put our children in the right direction. And thank God we are getting ready and closer to the ultimate finish line. Thanks to the Jewish woman. Shabbat Shalom to all.
Friday morning, JM and the AM, the Werdiger family with Baruch Kel Elyon. Zerif Shabbos Parshas Chayi Sorrow with best regards to our friends that are in the uh, holy city of Hebron. Rumor has it that there, in fact, are tens of thousands in Hebron this Shabbos, which is pretty amazing, frankly. A um, response to uh, what happened last year when Hebron was closed, unfortunately, during COVID. Or at least the uh, planned Shabbat Chayi Sarah didn't take place. We bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Kislev is uh, next Friday, a week from today. And candle lighting in New York is 535. 535 candle lighting in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Tuesday's election day. Make sure to vote. Well, as you know, for those who are still paying attention to Major League Baseball, I have watched very few pitches since Aaron Judge was caught at the plate. Very few pitches. In fact, I, I think I can count on one hand the number of pitches I've watched. But there are some people who still have an interest in what's happening in Major League Baseball, specifically those who have roots in either Houston, Texas, excuse me, Houston, Texas, I'm on the Lower East Side, so I was using the local pronunciation, uh, or Atlanta, Georgia, which leads us to the following conversation. I have two people live via telephone. I had, I had an amazing idea, an amazing idea for a great wager between representatives of the two cities. And then Yoni Pollock, of course, had to completely destroy my idea. Uh, listener Daniel down in Atlanta, Yoni Pollock, in um, in parts unknown. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Daniel, have you been on before? You've been on before, though. Back at a live lunch, um, oh, and also during your visit to Atlanta a wow. few years back for the, for the Super Bowl. Of course, yeah. I think that was January of 2018, if I'm not mistaken. I was actually looking at that at, at an archive of that show recently. 
Uh, so, listener Danielle is now in Atlanta. He's a transplant. How many years are you in Atlanta? 16 years now. All right, so we could say you could represent the Atlanta Braves, I think. I think we could say that at this point, right? It's uh, We still have ties to the Mets, of yeah, course. Of course. Um, we are sure we, we don't go to the Mets Braves games. It causes too much <laughs> of the muscle guy. Hey, yeah, because you know how easy it is to transition from a Met fan to a Braves fan. That is, that is one t- what is one tough move, frankly. Uh, and then, of course, Yoni Pollock. No secret, of course, that he's a big fan of the cheating Houston Astros. He's from Houston, Texas, and we've made a major issue of all the uh, terrible things about the Astros over the years especially the times that they, uh, in fact, have eliminated the Yankees. Uh, Yoni Pollock, welcome back to JM in the AM. Bang, bang, bang. Good morning. (laughs) Yoni, by the way, with the latest in the world of sports every Monday at 10 a.m., including this coming Monday right here on the Nahum Siegel Network. I highly recommend it, especially for those of you who love football or any sport that's going on at the moment, including the World Series. All right, so I had this great idea, Daniil, as you know, a, a phenomenal idea. I'm just a genius when it comes to, the, to these creative things. Uh, you know how mayors from different cities have wagers, etc. So I said, let's get two high-profile people that have something to do with NSN. Listen to Daniil, of course, checks in with us almost every single day from Atlanta. Uh, Yoni, obviously, uh, a tremendous role for us uh, always um, uh, in working for the Nahum Siegel Network, and he's from Houston. So I figured let's you know do something nice. So my recommendation was that you guys should swap delicious lunches. Uh, that listen to Danielle, if in fact Houston would win, would owe Yoni a lunch at the Spicy Peach. Hello to our friends down there. And if um, if uh, listen to Danielle won, then Yoni would owe... Yoni, what was the name of the dairy restaurant in Houston? Do you remember? Uh, green is what you're talking about. Right, the one we went to that time. So that's Green. So I figured that's a nice, friendly... Then Yoni, listen to Danielle, listen to this. Listen to how horrible this is. Then Yoni went ahead and sabotaged my whole plan and said that they're, that he's going to propose that you do this for charity, that you do this for Tzedakah. So Tzaddik Yoni Pollock has completely ruined my plan of how this wager is going to work, and now it seems that the loser, quote-unquote, is going to have to fork over some cash for some worthy cause. Yoni, have I summed this up properly? Uh, I guess so, minus <laughs> the Tzaddik part. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I wonder if your colleagues would agree with that. I don't know. I still insist you're a righteous man. But anyway. All right. So now I assume it's you that's going to explain it to me, or is it Daniil who's going to explain it to me what's actually going to happen? Um, I, I guess I'll take it okay. here, um, and Daniil can definitely chime in. In essence, what we decided to do is uh, right, get Tzaddikas involved of different organizations from within our city. So uh, the one I chose where if the Houston Astros somehow, in, in some craziest scenario, were to lose the series, yeah. um, <laughs> then I would have to actually give Tzedakah to a charity in Atlanta. And the one Daniel chose, and maybe he could even you know talk about it a little bit more, what it means sure. is Yad Liad. It's a uh, local gamach there. Daniel, so, what, can uh, you, what can you tell us about Yad Liad down in Georgia? Sure, Yad Liad is uh, a somewhat of an umbrella organization of, of Chesed here in Atlanta, um, dealing with um, with Beaker Cholim and food assistance. Um, there's a Haknasa Scala Fund, um, emergency grant fund, um, a lot of, of, of different community chesed and, and gemachs that are run uh, through Yad Liad. And um, I've, I've volunteered for them uh, several times for their food deliveries. Nice. Now, I hope, I really hope, I, I don't know what the, oh, and, and give us the other side, Yoni, the other side is. Well, the other side is if uh, if Houston were uh, to win this World Series, then Daniel has agreed to donate 
to Aishel House in Houston, which is also a uh, nice. uh, a Cholim, um type of tzedakah where it's, it's, it's not necessarily so close to a Jewish community. So this is a place where people, both local and oftentimes because the Houston Medical Center is so vast, oftentimes uh, many people from around the, the country and, and frankly around the world, a place where they could, they could have shelter, they could have food, uh, there's Minion there, and, and they just provide uh, support to anyone in that medical center area. All right. So all kidding aside, with all my, you know, my whole routine, all kidding aside, you're highlighting two amazing charities and doing so you know, through this whole World Series thing, which is wonderful. Uh, and, Danielle, I hope that the deal is that if Houston wins the World Series, uh, it's a $10 donation from you, and if uh, Atlanta wins the World Series, it's a $10,000 donation from Yoni. Is that, is that, is that essentially how it's going to work, or am I a little bit off? Well, the, the numbers are a little <laughs> bit different, but they do increase as the series goes on. Oh, is that true? Uh, we, we, are, uh, we are multiplying by high for every game that the World Series goes. Nice. So we have a minimum of five games, right. and if we go six or seven, then uh, the, the winning tzedakah will, will get an increased amount. All right, so Yoni is going to have to pay some significant multiple of high. I mean, we're talking, it's not 10 grand, but he is going to have to fork over some serious cash. Right, it, 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 it gives us it gives us something to look forward to if we end up going to six or seven games. I know. I'm just trying to get. I'm just trying to make sure. Well, maybe I should speak to the to the Braves to make sure Yoni ends up paying as much as he has to. Um, uh, Daniel or Yoni, any possibility that either of you will be at any World Series games? Have either of you made any decisions about actually going to the stadium in Houston or in Atlanta? Uh, how have I? There's a lot of there's a lot of a crowd who's getting ready to go on Sunday. Really? I will I will not be a part of that. People crowd. people from our community down there. Absolutely. Oh, very cool, Yoni. What do you know about what's happening in Houston? Well, my plan is to fly down to Atlanta if the Astros were up three one in that series. Otherwise, mm. uh, while I don't have a ticket yet, uh, a flight ticket, I do have a game ticket to Game Six, and All we'll right. see if necessary for Game Seven. All right, and obviously you'll match the price of the ticket for the stuck down in Atlanta <laughs> if you end up. I mean, come on, if you're spending that kind of money to go to the World Series, come on, Yoni. I mean, then, then listen to Daniel. He's urging me on to, you know, he, he understands that it's only fair that you add as much as possible to the total for that great stucca exactly. down and live. Listen to Daniel. He's insisting, in fact, that you do so. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, by the way, Yoni, you're in big trouble. You're facing a team that even if players have broken legs, you end up losing to them. Yeah, that was an impressive effort. But hey, he's a he's a former Astro, did wonders for us in the 2017 World Series. Yeah. So don't worry, I, I feel for him. Don't worry. When I heard the story, I thought he was still pitching for the Astros. <laughs> That's how adamant <laughs> I am. I'll tell you. Anyway, there's a the story, folks. It's listener Danielle representing the Atlanta Braves. It's Yoni Pollock representing the Houston Astros, highlighting two wonderful stock code, both dealing with uh, Beaker, Holum, and Chesed in their respective and many other things in their respective communities. A nice, friendly wage. You know how the mayors of these cities. They have these nice wagers that, you know, end up um, uh, really highlighting uh, nothing other than, you know, maybe an item that uh, their city is known for. Uh, but in this case, we get to uh, increase the stucca and increase the awareness for those who are um, uh, who, for those who are benefiting, uh, bottom line, from these amazing charities in the respective World Series cities. Yoni will have more about all of this, I'm sure, Monday at 10 a.m. when he discusses the world of sports. And by then, Yoni, what game will we be up to? Uh, game, it'll be after game five. Oh, so you could be World Series champion by then. Mm, hopefully. 
I mean, it's possible. <laughs> otherwise, Daniel. One of us could be. Otherwise, Daniel will be celebrating at the donut so. shop Monday morning down in Atlanta, um, getting ready for the big parade. Uh, Yoni, uh, since you're on already, and there are some people in our audience who actually are interested in sports, as we know, what's the game this weekend? If if, if someone came down from Mars and you had to say to them, uh, in order to really get into the NFL, you have to watch this game, which one would it be this weekend? Uh, so specifically NFL, the game of the week probably happened last night between the Packers and Cardinals, if we're being honest, and uh. a pretty surprising result, if you ask me, with the Packers pulling ahead. But otherwise, uh, there's not necessarily so much intrigue on the Week 8 schedule. I personally think anytime you get like a young quarterback, an exciting quarterback like Justin Herbert facing off against Belichick, um, that's also that's sometimes a pretty unique and, and could be a fun matchup. Just to see a mastermind on the defensive side play against one of the hottest now second-year players uh, in the NFL. And then you have uh, the Sunday night game, Cowboys-Vikings could be a little bit uh, interesting as well. The Cowboys coming out hot out of the gate. Minnesota always is weird, kind of funky team, should be better kind of playing middling football. But it's in Minnesota, um, and actually the spread sort of favors in a way um, uh, or it doesn't necessarily favor Minnesota, but it's close enough, so it could be an interesting game. Wow, my dream has come true. I've done a real sports segment on JMNAM. I love it. Um, by the way, listener Dr. Moshe says it's 1800 bucks a ticket for Sunday's game right now, 1300 if you want to stand for the entire game. Wow. Uh, also, yeah. also, Yoni, uh, what do you think of all the Jews who are in this World Series? Yeah, that was, uh, was pretty fun. I think that, uh, right when uh, Max Fried faced off against Alex Bregman, uh, there yeah. were a lot of tweets from Jewish Twitter. Right. How momentous of an occasion it was. Pretty cool, I must say. And listener, Daniel, is there a birthday today down in Atlanta that we should note? Yeah, we're wishing happy birthday to um, my stepmother, uh, Devora Nana Wenger, um, is, is this weekend, um, as well as this is my bar mitzvah party. Wow. Mazal tov, That's a cool one. And uh, I'm sure AJA Carpool number 204 joins in that happy birthday as well. Listen to Daniel Best, everyone in Atlanta. Yoni, Daniel, good luck. We'll be following carefully. Everyone wants to know who's going to be the eventual winner. Not Atlanta against Houston, but Yoni versus listener Daniel. Thank you both, and have a wonderful Shabbos. Good luck and good Shabbos. And uh, don't forget, Yoni's on, everybody, 10 o'clock this coming Monday morning right here at JM in the AM. More coming up as we get set to wrap up another amazing week. I do remind you that Mark Zomik is on with the Arab Shabbos show brought to you by the wonderful people at Gedem. That happens at 10 o'clock this morning right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Come to see who is the tall, toy and 
With Yisrael Werdegar and Bowie B'Shalom. Candle lighting 535 on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Chaye Sorrow. We will bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Kislev will be on Friday. Rosh Chodesh, one day Rosh Chodesh, one week from today. Time to say good Shabbos with Journeys at JM in the end.
brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world. The web at and the Nachumsegel Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Friday morning here at JMN. Big thank you to Elon Gold, to Malcolm Honline, Harry Rothenberg, Rabbi Yudin, Yoni Pollock, listener Daniel. Thanks to everybody for tuning in and being part of this amazing experience. If you haven't supported us recently or if you want to become a recurring donor every single month to what we do here at the network, it's fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and I thank you. Mark Zamek, Erev Shabbos Show, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem, coming up at 10 o'clock Eastern Time. Erev Shabbos Music Mix, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem, all day long. Final hour at about 4.30 Eastern Time, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Tomorrow night, Saturday night, Siegel with Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. Sunday, it's JM Sunday with Matis, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. They changed the clock in Israel this weekend, I believe, so it'll be a six-hour difference between them and the Eastern Time Zone. Speak to you Monday. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Great weekend. Until then, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.